Welcome to a podcast from Hope Church Glasgow. For more about us, check out hopechurchglasgow.org. Well, hi again. Welcome to the podcast. And uh, once again, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, I'm going to try and talk a little bit slower just to make sure I get all my words in and don't get them mixed up. Today, uh, we're continuing our series on the kingdom. And my title is Why Bother with Church? So we're looking at the nature of the church and the kingdom, how how they relate together. Uh, so hi, welcome. Great to talk to you again, wherever you are listening to this. And I'm going to read a passage um, for us and it makes it easier for you guys. So you can listen while you're driving or whatever. So I'm reading out of Matthew 16, where Jesus talks about the church and uh, in verse 13 following here we go Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples who do people say that the son of man is and they said well some say John the Baptist others say Elijah others Jeremiah or one of the prophets he said to them but who do you say that I am and Simon Peter replied you are the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Here we go, there's our subject. He'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. So I want, to, I want us to uh, get to work straight away on this uh, so that we look after our time. Um, Jesus makes this fantastic declaration that he will build his church and i believe that that is for all time he's never stopped and whatever the circumstances wherever the difficulties jesus is building his church and he says to peter or is responding to peter's declaration that he is the christ the son of the living god and he says on on this rock i will build my church. Well, what's the rock? Because Peter's name means uh, rock. Uh, but here you can't see it in the English, but in the Greek, you've got two different words for rock. Peter, the rock, Peter is like a small rock or a boulder, maybe. But the word rock that Jesus is building his church on is literally a massive rock, you know, like a huge outcrop. And, and so what he's saying is on the revelation that I am the Christ the Son of the living God, on that revelation that comes from the Father, that's what I'm going to build this thing called my church on. And uh, that's very exciting. It means if you have that revelation, you are being built into the church of Jesus Christ. You are part of it and he is working with you to build you into this thing called the church. Uh, so he's 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 actively building, um, and he's it, it, the word build here is literally what you'd imagine. It's used of a house builder, 
So it's putting the components together, the, the parts, the members, the you, the me, the people next to us. The, it, it, it's, it, it's the people being connected and, and put together. He's kind of, he's gathering it. He's assembling it. He's connecting it. He's building it. Um, and it's an active thing. So he's active in our relationships. He's active in calling people to himself. He's active in actually encouraging us to be church, to own church, and to live as part of his church. Um, it's really important to look at this today because actually the concept of church just gets attacked so much. And we'll see why as we just work our way through this. So he says, I will build my church. Now, let's just pause. Well, not pause. Let's take a bit of time over this word church because the the Greek word, it's important to go back to the Greek word because it, it, the word ecclesia is what is used here in the Greek. Cuts two ways to his hearers. Let me explain. So, so the Jewish audience, which actually Matthew is probably written to the most, what they are going to hear first is, I will build my congregation, as opposed to Moses' congregation. So Moses' congregation, the, the million or more people that walked through the wilderness led by Moses, was seen as, and in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it's Ecclesia. So to the scribes and Pharisees, well, the first thing they're probably going to hear is, my goodness, he's setting up his own congregation here. This is a separation and a move away from what Moses uh, built and how they saw themselves. So his, his community that he was building, his congregation, was hereby signaled as being a different one to the one that Moses was building. But to those from the Roman Greek background, which he would have also been in his audience repeatedly, and even, even the Jewish believers would be aware of this fact, is the word ecclesia, obviously a Greek word, meant something else. And it, was, it meant assembly, but it had a specific application. So if you go to um, the remains of an ancient Roman city. So we visited Ephesus once, and you go to like what we would call the amphitheatre. They were built for the gathering of the ecclesia, not first for entertainment or games, but they were built so that every family could be represented in the ecclesia, the assembly, where they debated issues for the city and made governmental decisions. So these people would be like, wow, I'm building my ecclesia, I'm building this sort of governmental assembly, a city inside a city, a, a governmental process or a governmental gathering that's not going to meet in the amphitheater, that's not convened by the Roman authorities, that they could feel like, oh, oh, this is this is a counterculture, this is a establishing a place of authority that's parallel to and maybe even challenging the one that, that we are normally associated with and, and we're used to. So he's saying, I'm building my congregation, I'm building my people together, I'm building my place of government on the earth. All of those things are in view when Jesus stands and says, on this rock of revelation that I am the Christ, I will build 
my church and some of what i've just sent said makes sense as you look at the next verses which we'll get to where he talks about the keys of the kingdom and whatever the kingdom of heaven whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven or shall have already been bound in heaven so it's clearly we talked before you know the kingdom is it's the incredible government of god expressed through his father heart expressed in the unfettered activity of the spirit expressed in the unhindered will of god it's his government so he's giving us the church the keys of the kingdom to to bind and loose on the earth so that makes sense of ecclesia ecclesia is a place of government not simply a place of gathering and many many believers uh, don't quite get this and I, I really believe he wants to reignite this revelation in our hearts as we as we uh, exit the season of pandemic even as, and as we regather and restart and reset around this thing called the kingdom and the church so it's all very exciting but it gets more exciting because the next thing he says is that the gates of hell in this translation and i think that's valid others say gates of hades uh, will not prevail I'm, I'm reading the esv uh, in this translation um, so the idea is that he builds his church almost without taking a breath and the gates of hell will not prevail against it like this isn't even a separate sentence all right this is the ongoing thought related to the fact that jesus is building his church the next thing that comes into his mind and comes out of his mouth in the same sentence is this thing i'm building is going to is is not going to be prevailed against by the by the gates of hell so the implication here is that the church is meant to be at the gates and meant to be a threat to the gates of hell now what what is gates what, what what's this is it picture language is it just sort of airy fairy well no it was well recognized that every in, in certainly in jewish culture that the elders met in the gates so the gates of the city were the place of where the government rested or where government and and dis, governmental decisions were made for the city in in the jewish tradition so they didn't have this ecclesia idea for government they had the idea of gates which is where the elders sat and made decisions so what jesus is saying he's kind of he's kind of hitting both cultures at the same time he's saying these gates this place of uh, hell's authority will not prevail against the church the church is going to arrive at the gates and they will not overcome the church and if they seek to overcome the church they will not succeed they're incapable of being stronger they cannot overpower that's what prevail means the over overwhelming and overpowering ability lives in the church that's founded on the revelation that he is the christ and he's built by jesus these are the people this community this ecclesia this assembly is the one that is going to overcome the government of hell that's what he's saying and then then there is a full stop and that's when he says i give you the keys of the kingdom and of heaven and whatever you bind on the earth i think probably this it's translated differently but i think what it's saying is what's bound in heaven 
we can bind on the earth and what's loosed in heaven should be loosed on earth. So if there's something happening down here that's not happening, if you like, in heaven, we have the authority corporately to bind it. And if there's something absent in the experience of earth that is present in heaven, we have the authority to bring it. We have the authority to loose it, express it, make it happen. This is this is awesome levels of authority. And, and, and it really is time, both as, not just as individuals who discover our identity and move in the authority we have as individuals to express the, the kingdom, express heaven on earth. But the church of Jesus Christ dis- rediscovers its corporate identity to, to bind and loose, to bring the will of God into being in the earth, uh, regardless of what other forms of government are doing, the sort of the political realm or the military realm or whatever earthly government is taking place, we have authority as community that Jesus is building to affect the earth. Uh, so the obvious ones are where there's sickness, we can bring health. Where there's there are people that are bound, we can bring deliverance. But also, you know, we looked at this, the kingdom is, is joy and it's righteousness and it's peace as well as power. So where there's a lack of joy, both in a city or an individual, we can bring joy, we can bring peace, the shalom, the well-being, the, the, it's the absence of strife, but also the presence of well-being. We can bring righteousness, which is justice, it's help for the poor, it's lifting up the downtrodden. This is the kingdom. This is what the kingdom does. It removes the tears and it removes the stresses by bringing the righteousness, peace and joy and power of heaven to earth. And the church has supreme authority to do that because Jesus said that he is the head of all things for the church. And he kind of delegates to us that authority to bind to loose to uh, keep walking through the gates of hell. Um, I mean, you see a prototype of this, I believe, where Jesus in Luke first sends out the 12 and he commissions the 12 apostles and sends them to heal the sick and and, and cure the lepers and cast out demons. And then, then he sends out the 72 others, it says, to do the same thing. And when they return, they're so excited because they say, Jesus, we saw demons flee in your name. Jesus, we saw the sick. We saw those lepers. We saw that leprous skin get clean. We saw, we, we saw, we saw their earlobes grow back on and their noses grow back out. We are excited. And he says to them, listen, listen, this is, don't get excited just because of that. Get excited that your name's are written in the book of life but he also says you know what while you were out this is my slight paraphrase here but you can find it in luke 10 18 while you're out i saw satan fall like lightning to the earth and and, and there's lots of attempts to how you interpret that's that but the context is clear they've just come and reported that over and over again 72 of them have had complete success against the powers of darkness and that has disturbed the structures of that realm to the degree that satan has rushed to the earth 
I guess implicitly to bring support to his uh, somewhat defeated troops. Now, 72 moving in that kingdom authority, moving in that that uh, power of the Holy Spirit, moving in that 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 commission that Jesus gave them, can bring such disruption. That's exactly what is being imagined here as Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's going to shake them. It's going to take them off the hinges. It's going to produce uh, chaos and worry and uh, and, and strongholds literally will be demolished, to use Paul's language from 2 Corinthians 10. Um, So it's it's very exciting and very important for us just to see the gathered church as more than coming to church to do some worship, to do some preaching, as important as those things are. But we're gathering for government, not just fellowship. We're gathering to bring heaven to earth, not just have a nice time together. Um, And it explains why the idea of church is so warred against and why sometimes we can find it so difficult to build church healthily because as soon as church starts to function and we have unity of heart and purpose literally we're going to take hell's gates off their hinges literally heaven can come to us through our prayers of agreement our declarations etc etc and we've actually seen this in our history as a church we have vibrant clear examples of it the most profound one was five and a half years ago where in worship the story is too long to tell it all here but in worship we had this sense of something shifting and we started to identify uh, out in in the city of glasgow that knife crime and carrying knives was decreasing for some unexplained reason at that time and prophetically god showed us that it was connected to what was happening in worship we were exercising uh, and releasing kingdom and it was changing the atmosphere in the city. And, and I'm sure others were praying and active at the same time. But it's that idea that that you start to govern the world that you have been assigned, the city, the village, the street where you've been assigned, and the atmosphere changes. So you're not just coming to church. You're gathering to bring government and kick down the gates of hell. Um in Matthew 5, 14, there's something relevant to this because it says, Jesus says there to his followers, to his disciples, that they, us, we are the light of the world. Again, it's this sort of almost without a breath. A city set on a hill uh, cannot be hidden. And the idea of the city of God, Zion, Jerusalem, parallels with the idea of the church. So it's this community that he's building, this gathered believers this thing called church this city of god we are we are the light of the world now that is both very exciting and very challenging because if you just connect the logic together i mean i found chris Fountain very helpful on this he said there's a phrase in christianity that goes something like this the world is getting darker but the church is getting lighter And it's become almost like a Bible verse, and it's not in the Bible uh, in that form. Uh, What this is saying is the church gets lighter, the world will get lighter. If the world's getting darker, the church is obviously not 
illuminating it enough because we are the light of the world. There isn't another source of light. When Jesus walked the earth, he said, while I'm present, I am the light of the world. And the world is desperate for light. It's desperate for hope. It's desperate for peace. It's desperate for that kind of stuff. Now, I, I believe this shining, this active um, government, this this bringing the presence of God to the earth, which we can do so profoundly as corporate believers, is exactly what the world is needing right now. I quite like a good sci-fi movie and all the rest of it, but I'm actually getting really fed up of, of finding nearly everyone is based on a dystopian view of the world. It's The culture's reflecting, the art culture's reflecting the culture, and people are, need hope. There's just a belief that everything's going down the pan, that, 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 that there isn't hope, that we are somehow either going to have some nuclear accident, nuclear war, or through global warming, we're just gonna, we're just not gonna exist properly in the future. Now I know there are issues, but listen, the the the, the church is here to shine hope. Maybe God will give us the answer to global warming. Maybe there's a different answer that no one's thought of. Maybe maybe our prayers and the authority that it gives us will help bring preservation and health and good practice to our planet and lift people's heads because you know once you get in that downward spiral you can feel this as an individual but it's true for society what you believe the negative you believe starts to become self-fulfilling you start to fulfill the prophecies that you are making we are the light of the world we are the source of hope and the source of solutions there's so much uh, depression around joylessness the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy. We can bring joy. We, we, it's, this isn't like a force thing. This is, we, we carry joy. This is who we are. And, and we have joy when we gather, and that can spill out. We can bring joy to our schools, our communities, our colleges. Just bringing joy is an invasion of heaven into your office. Uh, there is so much stress, stress, funny that, stress. There's so much stress in the world right now because of the things we're facing it, it's gone up several several levels kingdom of god is peace ah just breathe a moment it's peace we have peace from almighty god himself the prince of peace lives inside of us and we can have peace in our gatherings we can have peace between us we can have you know you know relational tension in the church it, it is incredibly common but winning those victories and coming to a place of peace with your brother with your sister is spiritual warfare because we we then deliver our peace into the world harboring resentment unforgiveness bitterness the enemy's gates are winning um, so whatever issues there may be in our hearts let's bring and release forgiveness and love to people in the community because that means we are much more powerfully distributing peace and reconciliation into the world around us you know i think it's possible that the church could stop nuclear war because it knows how to live in peace i, I it's certainly true that in the days in uh, 1994 as uh, 
Nelson Mandela was released and and he uh, he got into power in government in South Africa it's well recognized that the activities and the prayers of the church helped prevent uh, bloodshed in that transition se season now 25 26 years ago <sighs> so we have a place to bring peace we also have a place to bring justice in an unequal world we're encouraged and urged to remember the poor that's poor individuals it's poor nations and just uh, very much on my heart what's happening in india right now find a way to do at least something for what's happening there because we we are bringing righteousness we are we are righting the wrongs we are we're leveling things up we are we are helping bring heaven to earth ahead of that final consummation where there's no more tears in a world where it's tough sometimes to trust governments and leaders that, that govern us we are here to demonstrate and release righteousness and we are commanded to pray for our leaders and we need to pray because they need it and we can change we can change what's going on in government by how we pray so these are these are corporate not just individual exhortations we can change the world because we've been given that level of governmental authority by jesus if we are if you are a believer who knows that jesus is the christ the son of the living god he is building you into his church his ecclesia and he wants you to gather with that group of people he wants you to connect he wants you to work out what that means he wants you to overcome um lethargy towards it because that's from the the devil doesn't want an excited church a motivated church he wants a lethargic bored people who've forgotten who they are and what effect they can have on this world because as soon as we wake up to it he is completely under threat and he starts to totter and fall just as we saw uh, what happened with the, the the disciples when the 72 was sent out so this is my exhortation this is my reminder this is my passion is that jesus is building his church let's join in let's join in to the jesus built church let's remember how vital it is to to be that that we because we are the light of the world there is not an alternative light we are the ones that bind and loose which is why as a community we do declarations and we seek to pray together and, and even in our worship as we welcome the presence of god that displaces the presence of darkness this this is our calling this is who we are we are the church the church of the living god the church built by jesus christ the church with the keys of the kingdom with authorities to the authority to bind and loose the church with the ability to take down the gates of hell and the ability to see satan come to earth to shore up his weakened defeated troops this is who we are thanks for listening thank you for listening find us on instagram facebook or search hope church glasgow on your favorite podcast player